You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. In 1991, the first ever G1 Climax was born. Replacing the former World Leagues and IWGP League tournaments, this new tournament took the top heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling had to offer to see who truly was the best in the promotion. But not everyone got the opportunity to compete in the G1 Climax. After all, the G1 Climax was for the best of the best, and to be invited in was an honor in of itself. Some wrestlers never appeared, while some competed year in and year out. Today, however, we will be discussing the men that got the call only one time. This is G1 and Only. Welcome to G1 and Only. My name is Ryan Knightsey. episode we are looking at the career and the g1 climax run of a wrestler who is well known for being in another promotion uh outside of new japan some would even call him a noah legend in his own right a multi-time ghc heavyweight champion and tag team champion he's held every title in the noah promotion and even beat kenta kobayashi's record for most successful title defenses while he was the ghc heavyweight champion he is, of course, the killing machine, Takashi Seguro. Takashi Seguro was born May 31st, 1970 in Nagoya. Early on, Segura took on Judica as his sport of choice, even becoming a very accomplished Judica in high school. After graduating college, he moved up the chain and attempted to compete in the 1996 Summer Olympics, but sadly missed the cut. Following that sort of disappointment, Segura became a self-defense instructor. He did eventually, however, get recruited to the All Japan Wrestling Dojo. Takashi Segura did not make his debut with All Japan, but rather with Pro Wrestling Noah on December 23rd of 2000 as part of a six-man tag. He went on to form a team with Yoshinobu, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, excuse me, and the two went on to win the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. He would go on to become a multi-time tag champion and singles champion, even being the only Noah wrestler to become a double champion twice. Sakura would go on to join the heavyweight division and succeeded there as well. He even consistently worked as sort of a Noah representative by competing at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 3 and, of course, subsequent matches for the NJPW promotion. 
on July 20th, 2009, Segura challenged Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP heavyweight title in the first ever New Japan versus Noah singles match for a title. Of course, Tanahashi won, but Segura put up quite the fight. A month later, Takeshi Segura entered the 2009 G1 Climax for his first and only time. And that's where we pull out the magnifying glass and look at and focus for today's episode. Let's get into it. Takashi Segura started his one and only G1 Climax run, taking on the 14-time G1 Climax wrestler and three-time G1 Climax winner, Hiroyoshi Tenzan. However, the DVD did not exist for purchase at the time, so big shame to sort of look at that, but let's still look at the match in a hit's historical context. Hiroyoshi Tenzan defeated Takashi Segura in 12 minutes and 42 seconds. So on one side, you have a multi-time G1 Climax winner against the outsider Noah Promotion Wrestler. I have to imagine this was sort of a banger of a match to begin the tournament, especially considering these two wrestlers' style of wrestling. But also, Segura is one to not only get the win, uh, but represent Noah proper. Of course, he did not get that win, but hopefully that he was able to showcase what he can do, showcase that he is a threat uh, as a part of that Noah wrestler. So it's great to see that. Block B Night 1 ends with Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Minabu Nakanishi, and Shinsuke Nakamura with two points. And we got Takashi Segura, Takashi Izuka, Hiroki Goto, and Yuji Nagata with zero points. Moving into Night 2, Segura tries to get two points on the board by facing five-time G1 Climax wrestler Shinsuke Nakamura. The match begins, and being the technical wrestlers that they are, Segura brings Nakamura to the mat first, and the two begin to trade right waist locks on the floor, trying to find some sort of advantage. The match does dissolve into sort of a slap exchange. Nakamura dodges a boot and gives one of his own. Segura pops up immediately and hits a spear. Nakamura pops up to hit a boot of his own, and both men go into the corners after this hot start. Nakamura then attempts a suplex, but Segura reverses it into a face buster. Uh, very even matchup here so far between Segura and Nakamura. Segura attempts to boot a leaning Nakamura, but Nakamura dodges, catching Segura with a boot of his own. Another one to say, in fact, Nakamura brings Segura down and works on the left knee, eventually into a knee bar, looking right now uh, to bring down Segura's knee. Nakamura then changes, adding a waist wrist lock to his knee attack, which is sort of interesting, a double maneuver there. Segura sells the knee is in more pain, however. Nakamura lets go of the wrist lock to add even more pressure to the knee. Uh, It's showcasing that uh, the knee might have been damaged, possibly in that Tenzan match, but uh, Nakamura had the option. He was creating the option for himself there, but he decided to stick with the knee. So he then gets up, breaks the hold, strikes Segura's knee even more. Uh, Nakamura is able to strike his way over, but ends up uh, with a running knee strike. Um, Or I should say, Segura is able to strike his way to safely eventually, and he ends up hitting a running knee strike with that hurt knee against uh, against Nakamura. Segura gives two running boots into the corner, ending with a running knee yet again. He then hits a kitchen sink again with the hurt knee. I don't know why he keeps using that hurt knee, but I guess that's the knee that he uses uh, for giving out damage. 
Segura goes for another knee strike, but Nakamura counters with a suplex. Nakamura then hits his signature inverted power slam, power slam, but Segura pops up with a spear again. Segura hits a running knee into the corner and gets a two count, then hits a dragon suplex for another two count. He's looking for a finish here. Segura hits another running knee for a very close three, but no dice. Segura goes for a lariat, but Nakamura reverses it, attempting an armbar, but Segura is able to protect himself and reverse into his signature ankle lock. Nakamura is able to get out, boot Segura's kitchen sink attempt right in the knee. The Segura is down. Nakamura runs over, hits the bamaye for the win. Conclusion Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Takashi Segura in 13 minutes and 51 seconds. To me, not much of a real show of Segura, other than his out-of-nowhere impressive spear at the start and his selling of the knee. I have to imagine that the Tenzon matches where we really saw more of the Segura style, but here it was more about facing and uh, being even with Shinsuke Nakamura. This match was sort of built around Nakamura's constant level of offense to Segura's knee. You know, it did make Segura come off a little dumb when he continued to use that knee to uh, use as strikes and knee attacks throughout the match. But, uh, you know, them's the breaks, I guess. Maybe in the next match, he'll be able to learn and be able to use that knee less or even even better, able to heal a little bit more. Block B Night 2 ends with Hiroshi Tenzan and Shinsuke Nakamura with four points, Manabu Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata with two points, Takeshi Segura, Izuka, and Goto with zero points. On night three of the 2009 G1 Climax, Segura takes on the 10-time G1 Climax wrestler and one-time G1 Climax winner, Yuji Nagata. So the crowd is fully behind Yuji Nagata here. The match begins with some back and forth mat wrestling with Nagata getting the slight edge, I would say. Enter a test of strength where both men are even, but Nagata gets a slight edge on there. So we go to sort of see that in sort of the technical wrestling style, Nagata has it. But when it comes to the strength, um, even Nagata has it as well because he's bringing Segura to the ropes. So Nagata is just a tiny bit, a teensy bit better than Segura here is what we're seeing in this opening round. We get into some shoulder blocks of Segura bringing Nagata down. However, Nagata bounces back up with a boot to Segura's face. The two trade elbows and eventually go to the outside. Segura nails a huge running boot, causing Nagata to fly over the guardrail. Back in the ring, Nagata goes after Segura's knee, hitting basically a kitchen sink to the left knee of Segura. So it's a weird sort of kitchen sink move but instead of someone's uh waist is someone's core it was hitting the knee uh, which is very interesting nagata begins to focus on the knee and the rest of the body of segura hitting an exploder stiff knees to the gut and attempts a saito suplex but segura counters of a saito of his own now on the offense segura hits two running boots and a spear to nagata segura goes for another spear but nagata counters it with a rising knee shot right in the jaw nagata hits a running boot then brings segura to the top rope Nails an avalanche exploder suplex, uh, but Segura reaches the ropes instead of getting the victory. Nagata locks in the label lock, but Segura literally crawls to the ropes to escape. Nagata responds with a dragon suplex for a two count. Like I said before, he's really looking to put Segura away here. 
Segura escapes a running boot and hits a Frankensteiner off the top rope. Both men exchange boots now, even hitting one to, to each other at the same time. Nagata then runs the ropes and Segura counters with basically a pop-up German suplex for a two-count. Then he goes for another move, another delayed German suplex with a bridge for another two-count. What is he going to have to do to put Nagata away here? Nagata hits a screw suplex and a brain buster for two. Now both guys are really looking for that win. Another brain buster and Segura kicks out again. Announcer announces that the time is running out. Segura hits an angle slam. That's his finishing move right there. But Nagata was too close to the ropes. But it doesn't matter because as the referee is counting the counting the pin, the bell rings. It's a draw. Time has run out. Conclusion. Takeshi Segura and Yuji Nagata wrestled to a time limit draw. This match was proper power moves out the wazoo. Just move after move after move. However, despite the time seemingly flying by, this match was, I hate to say, this not really that exciting. The crowd seemed to sort of agree with the lack of response. You know, I don't know what it was about the match, seeing that these are two popular guys. And of course, meat slapping meat is always a, a pop for me. But here it didn't quite work. Upon reflection, you know, maybe it was a, a weird lack of selling. Like the guys were sort of getting tired for sure. And the moves looked great. But there wasn't much selling long term, you know, uh, you know, the, that sort of thing. If, you know, if you splice in a move where Segura can't lift up Nagata because his knee gives out or or whatever, then you create more drama and tension in the match. And when it is just meat slapping meat here, uh, you know, there, without any drama, it's, to me, it causes me to lose a little bit more excitement. It was still a very strong match, but it just I feel like it could have been better with the wrestlers involved. Block B, night three, ends of Shinsuke Nakamura with six points, Tenzan with four, Yuji Nagata with three points, Goto and Nakanishi with two points, Zagura with one point, and Izuka with zero. Now that's right, Nagata and Zagura got to a time limit draw, which means they both got one point, which is why we're now starting to get some odd numbers in this block. For night four of the G1 Climax, Segura faces 12-time G1 Climax wrestler and one-time G1 Climax winner, Manabu Nakanishi. The match begins with the wrestlers shoving each other, you know, get right into it. Segura starts with a strong headlock, but Nakanishi pushes him right off. Segura goes for multiple shoulder blocks that do practically no damage to Banabu Nakanishi. Nakanishi then runs off and does one shoulder block, knocking Segura down to the mat. We then get into a test of strength here. Segura really trying to overpower Nakanishi and is successful, but Nakanishi pushes Segura into the corner to uh, get the test of strength over with. We get into a little bit of an elbow strike exchange. It devolves quickly into Nakanishi just chopping Segura into oblivion. Nakanishi throws Segura around with some suplexes, then he attempts the Argentine backbreaker that's finisher of his, but Segura rolls through to transition into an ankle lock. Nakanishi is able to get out and lariat Segura once, stuns him, then hits another quick, brutal lariat, knocking Segura down. 
Nakanishi brings Sugura into the corner and hits a top rope suplex, goes to the top rope once more and hits a flying drop kick for two. Nakanishi hits a German suplex, goes for another strike, but Sugura reverses it into a German of his own, but doesn't get the win. Back on their feet, wrestlers have a strike exchange. Sugura hits a legit boot to Nakanishi's face, stiff as can be, you can see the boot connect to the jaw. Nakanishi just takes it in German Sugura. Uh, probably an accident, but this move looked brutal. Nakanishi then picks up Sugura. Short arm lariats him for a two count. He was looking for another lariat, but Sugura counters with a dragon suplex with a bridge for two. Sugura hits an angle slam, followed by another boot, only for two. One more move has got to do it. That's right, another angle slam, and Takashi Sugura gets the win. Conclusion Takashi Sugura defeats Manabu Nakanishi in 14 minutes and 22 seconds. Now, this match for me was very much more so meat slapping meat. Whereas the Nag- whereas the Nagata match was a showcase in power moves, this match was a showcase of brutal strength, resilience to punishment, and the will to fight. Sugura looked even better in this match, defeating the strong Nakanishi. Nakanishi, whenever I've watched any of these matches, has always been a guy who would lose to the different promotional wrestlers because defeating him looked good for the G1 resume uh, for, you know, for for any of these guys. Solid match all around, got the crowd excited, got me excited, and gave an oomph for Segura that he desperately needed, for me at least, in his performance of the G1 Climax. Block B Night 4 ends with Nakamura with 8 points, Nagata with 5 points, Tenzan with 4 points, Segura with 3 points, Goto and Nakanishi with two points, and Izuka with zero points. On night five of the G1 Climax, Sugura took on a three-time G1 Climax wrestler, Takashi Izuka. Pretty much expected if you know who Izuka is as a wrestler, as a performer, as a performer, uh, that sort of iron claw craze Izuka there. He, right before the bell rings, Izuka attacks Sagura. They brawl to the outside, Izuka throwing Sagura into the stands and hitting with a chair, even pushing a young lion over. They eventually find their way back in the ring. Sagura hits a big boot to turn the tide and follows up with two suplexes and another big boot to the outside. Back on the outside, Izuka reverses an Irish whip and throws Sagura into the barricade. He then grabs a chair and hits Sagura over the head with it, causing that sort of seat cushion of the seat to launch into the air, no idea where it landed, but just the, the pop, the hit on the head, the pop of the cushion just flying off into the sunset. Izuka starts biting Sagura's forehead, causing blood. You know, I may have missed it, but Izuka is, is biting Sagura with this new mouth guard, which looks sort of like steel teeth. This might have been part of his gimmick, I don't even remember it. Uh, but it was very, it, he put in this, the, the new mouth guard that looked like the steel teeth and then started biting him. And that's basically what he did the entire rest of the match. Izuka throws Sagura into an exposed turnbuckle and then continued to bite him, uh, really going after that blood there. Izuka's mouth just bloodied up by Sagura, uh, Sagura's skull, I guess. 
Izuka throws Segura to the mat. Instead of pinning him, he continues to bite him. Segura reverses the bite. Finally, he's able to get out of it into a cytosuplex. He then mounts Izuka, hitting, hitting him with stiff slaps across the face. Segura is able to hit a running knee, followed by a second in a German suplex with a bridge for two. Segura attempts the angle slam, but uh, what is this? Izuka bites out of it. Izuka grabs the iron glove, but Segura spears him before anything can happen. Segura hits a running splash into the corner. He goes for a second running splash, and then Izuka, from out of nowhere, grabs that iron glove, hits Segura with it, and disqualification is called. Takashi Segura wins. Conclusion Takashi Segura wins via disqualification against Takashi Izuka in 9 minutes and 5 seconds. I'll be honest, I really enjoyed this match. Izuka for me has never been sort of a standout worker, obviously, but just the mannerisms and the performance that's put into this crazy individual were really great here. And Segura really sold those bites like death. Of course, you know, there's not too much to comment on the actual proper match in terms of working style, but it was a nice short little match that didn't overstay its welcome, and it made Izuka look like a crazy individual, and between the knee and the ribs, gave Segura another body part to be conscious about. His head, his ribs, his knee, his G1 climax is just brutalizing Takeshi Segura. Block B Night 5 ends with Shinsuke Nakamura with 8 points, Segura and Nagata with 5 points, Tenzan, Nakanishi, and Goto with four points, and Izuka still with zero points. On night six of the G1 Climax, Segura was the odd man out and took the night off, but he was back on night seven, the final night of regular G1 competition, to take on one-time G1 Climax wrestler and one-time G1 Climax winner, Hiroki Goto. That's right, I didn't realize this, but Goto entered the G1 Climax for the first time ever in 2008, and won the whole damn thing. This match on night seven starts off hot with an elbow exchange between the two wrestlers. Goto knocks Segura out of the ring, then goes for a plancha, but Segura puts up the knee to the diving Goto to stop him. Segura drapes Goto across the barricade and boots him off. Back in the ring, the elbow exchange continues, ending with another kitchen sink from Segura. Segura focuses on Goto's waist here, stomping and attacking it exclusively. Goto tries to attempt a comeback with one, but he just doesn't get it because one kick from Segura to Goto's waist stops the comeback in its tracks. Segura hits two running boosts into the corner, and then Goto is able to reverse a running Larry into the corner and follows it up with a diving elbow for two. Goto hypes up the crowd. He's trying to get the crowd energy up, trying to get the crowd energy for him, and gets speared for his troubles, followed up by a cytosuplex from Segura. Goto attempts to change the tide, but Segura escapes a running Larry into the corner. He then hits a Frankensteiner off the top rope, but Goto powers through. He's back up, heart of flame, and brings Segura to the top rope and nails a suplex of his own off the top rope. We get a lariat exchange. Goto gets the upper hand. Goto hits the Yushigoroshi. He calls for a brain buster. He's looking to end this match, but Segura reverses it with a front suplex. 
Segura goes for a lariat and Goto reverses it into an arm bar. Very beautiful transition into that arm bar. Segura is trying to reach the ropes and he's, you know, he's he's leaning on his left. The arm bar is pulling his shoulder back. He's leaning on the left to, you know, try to get that extra distance because you're on your left. He's trying to use that right leg to cross over to reach the ropes. Goto sees this and you can see him as his right arm is on Segura's knee to sort of push it back, stop him from rotating his hips to rotate that leg over to the ropes. Segura sees this and uh, realizes that he can't reach it with his right leg, so he just puts out his left leg real quick, rotates back, plops that left leg onto the ropes, and is able to get out of the arm bar. Segura gets up, hits a German suplex on a running knee. He goes for a running boot into the corner for it gets a two count with that. There's now a closed fist exchange, something that is illegal in wrestling, but uh, Tiger Hattori plead them to stop, uh, but they just did it anyway. So, you know, Tiger Hattori is letting the match happen here. Goto goes for a headbutt and gets another closed fist. But before he can hit that last closed fist, Segura nails him, pops him right in the jaw. You can hear it. Just what a loud hit. And then follows up the move with an angle slam for 2.9. Segura hits a German into the corner, so he then pulls Goto to the top rope and hits a top rope angle slam for the win. Conclusion. Takeshi Segura defeated Hiroki Goto in 13 minutes and 32 seconds. Segura worked that dual tactic of attacking Goto's core. You know, that dual tactic being that, you know, you get one of two results. Either your opponent won't be able to hit all of their power bombs or power moves, I should say, like the Brain Buster or the Yushikuroshi. The other result being that if you finish, uh, if your finish targets a man back, then attacking your core will make your finisher hurt more and hard to kick out. So attacking that core is both an offensive tactic and a defensive tactic. Of course, that defensive tactic didn't really work for Segura, but the offensive move of focusing on the core and able to hit that angle slam, even that top rope angle slam to get the win, uh, was obviously made it harder for Goto to kick out and have resulted in the win. So, you know, just another solid match, all around solid match, solid work from these two wrestlers especially from the younger Goto here. Uh, and that fish shot was just dreadfully painful. Very solidly good. Block B, night seven, ends with Nakamura with 12 points. Zagura with seven points. Nakanishi and Goto with six points. Nagata with five points. Tenzan with four points. And Izuka with two points. The 2009 G1 Climax regular competition has ended, and Takeshi Segura ended in second in his entire block, so congratulations to him. Because of this, Noah Segura moves on into the semi-final, where he will take on Block A's number one wrestler, Togi Makabe. The bell sounds off, and the two run right into each other, with shoulder blocks into an elbow exchange. Segura hits his first running boot of the match into a vertical brain buster, and he goes right into a headlock to slow the match down a bit. Makabe gets out by doing some strikes, 
But Segura headbutts Makabe, takes him down, and pounds on the downed Makabe, just, you know, just beating him in the face, really going after that head. Which is a good move, because, you know, guess what? Makabe got busted open. It's a thing that happened to him in every other match, I think, in the 2009 G1 Climax. So this was a very solid move to go after that busted open head. The guy's been bleeding practically every day for a week, so why not continue go for the head? Both men end up on the outside, and Segura boots Makabe over the guardrail. Back in the ring, however, Segura just keeps going after Makabe's head, and Makabe can't get up, stumbling on his feet, just cannot, just cannot continue practically. We get a little bit of an elbow exchange. Makabe tries to hit a shoulder block, but Segura hits a boot for two instead. Makabe tries to strike out, but Segura just continues to beat him down. Just so confident at this point that he's wiping his hands. He's doing that motion where he's wiping his hands. He knows he has this done. Makabe eats a boot into the corner, but powers through, heart strong, striking down Segura and hitting a power slam power slam into three Larrys in a row. Doesn't go for the pin. He's still trying to pump up the crowd, trying to get them on his side even more. Segura gets the advantage back, however, hitting some running boots into the corner onto Makabe. And on the third, though, Makabe catches the boot and lariats Segura down. Makabe attempts his spider German suplex, but Segura stops him, hit, runs off, uh, basically jumps off the top rope and hits a running knee on Makabe, who, of course, was stuck in that tree of woe. Segura hits a powerbomb into the corner onto Makabe, immediately followed up with a running knee into a German suplex, but holds it with, uh, holds it, holds, you know, goes through the German suplex to give a dragon suplex with a bridge, but Makabe kicks out at 2.9. Segura hits two more lariats into a running knee again for another 2.9. Segura looks for that knee strike one more time. Makabe catches it and hits a short lariat. Makabe picks up Segura for the powerbomb, and Segura kicks out at one when he gets hit. Lariat from Makabe for two. Makabe hits the spider German. He's looking for the finish here. It's The match is his to lose, but he doesn't because he hits the King Kong knee drop off the top rope onto the back of the neck of Takeshi Segura for the win. Conclusion Togi Makabe defeated Takeshi Segura in 11 minutes and 57 seconds. Segura put on a dominating performance that really put him over as the just the toughest guy. His constant attacks mixed with his speed, his strikes were crisp and hard hitting. If it was any other guy that night, he probably could have won and moved on to the finals of the G1 Climax. But Makabe all torment long told a story of, you know, bleeding every night and finding a way to persevere. For me, I don't care much for that story every night, but building to this match where Segura felt fairly confident he would win worked quite well for Makabe. Worked quite well. It was a story that was, you know, that was a story we've told, and I think it succeeded, though. 
I do feel like Segura really showcased overconfidence, and that was basically his downfall. There were several moments throughout the match that he chose not to pin Togi Makabe. He easily could have or even stayed on Makabe to just beat him down even further, but he felt so confident that he was just sort of sauntering from move to move, even, like I said, wiping his hands of Makabe. It was the wrong night to be confident, but Segura got showed up by Makabe and walked away with the loss and no G1 Climax trophy in his grasp. the 2009 G1 Climax in December of the same year, Takeshi Segura defeated Go Shiyazaki and Noah to win his first ever GHC Heavyweight Championship. It was a very long and great run for Segura, where he defended the title in Noah, New Japan, even AAA down in Mexico, and even over in Germany against one guy named Claudio Castagnole. Castagnoli? Whatever. He, no one calls him that anymore. Zagura was even able to break Kenta Kobayashi's record for number of successful title defenses at 14 for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Zagura continued to work with Noah, New Japan, even adding Zero One as a tag team with, of course, fellow G1 and only wrestler Masato Tanaka. We'll talk about more on him next episode. Zagura turned on Noah eventually and joined Suzuki Goon and won the GHC Heavyweight Championship a second time, so good move for him. Segura would go on to win plenty of championships, eventually leaving Suzuki-Goon, winning more championships, uh, starting his own faction called Segura-Goon, where, uh, you know, he, he still dominated there as the leader. Currently, he is the GHC National Champion, a title that meant he had officially won every title in NOAA and was the only man to ever do so. Segura has always been an important figure in NOAA history, and his expeditions to other companies as sort of that ambassador helped spread that green army to other wrestling fans. So even in a loss to, in the 2009 G1 Climax, Segura and NOAA still got a win. Takashi Segura's G1 and only grade, B-. In two weeks, we will stay in 2009 and discuss Block A of the G1 Climax. In that block, we will have three, count them, three wrestlers to discuss, so expect a big-time episode coming where we will look at the careers and G1 Climax runs of Masato Tanaka, Takao Mori, and Tajiri. But until then, subscribe to G1 and Only to make sure you get our new episodes when they release. And if you like the show, please leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. We're also currently taking pre-orders for the inaugural Countout Network t-shirt. Uh, it's a very soft, comfortable shirt, $25 to make. Not $25 to make, but $25 is what the price tag is on that shirt. So please, if you are interested, go on over to countoutpod.com forward slash store where you can pre-order that inaugural Countout Network t-shirt right now. So go do it, folks. But until next time, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you all again on G1 and only.
This has been a Countout Podcast.